Hello, everyone. I'm David Sink, Associate Professor of Pediatrics at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine and Regional Clinical Director and Physician Quality and Safety Officer for Neonatology at Connecticut Children's. And I'm pleased to speak with you today about the updated 2022 American Academy of Pediatrics Clinical Practice Guidelines for Management of Hyperbilirubinemia in Newborns 35 Weeks or More of Gestation. So this podcast will be relevant to any provider caring for newborns in well newborn nurseries or NICUs or providers of follow-up care to newborns after discharge from their birth hospitalization. And as newborn caregivers will know, a large majority of newborns will have some degree of jaundice and careful assessments and monitoring are required to determine the much smaller subset of infants who may require applications of treatment for hyperbilirubinemia to prevent acute bilirubin encephalopathy and cornicterus. Cornicterus is, of course, a permanent disabling neurologic condition characterized by some or all of the following, chorioaphetoid cerebral palsy, upward gaze paresis, enamel dysplasia of, dis of deciduous teeth, sensorineural hearing loss or auditory neuropathy, and characteristic findings on brain MRI. The recently published 2022 guidelines represent an important update to and replacement for the American Academy of Pediatrics 2004 hyperbilirubinemia guidelines. A major focus and purpose of these new guidelines is to direct caregivers and hospitals or other birthing locations toward policies and practices which drive the care necessary to minimize the risk of cornicterus. The new guidelines provide a set of evidence-based specific recommendations formatted as key action statements. Throughout this podcast, I'll be referring to many of these and expanding on them. Prevention of hyperbilirubinemia in the newborn begins with assessment of the infant's risk of isoimmune hemolytic disease. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists recommends that all pregnant women be tested to determine their ABO and RH or D-type uh, and receive an antibody screen to determine the need for RH or D immunoglobulin, that's ROGAM, uh, and to assess the potential for isoimmune hemolytic disease of the fetus or newborn. The guidelines recommend as a key action statement that if the maternal antibody screen is positive or unknown, the infant should have a blood type determined and a direct antiglobulin test or DAT, which is also referred to as a direct Coombs test. Uh, infants with a negative DAT or with DAT positive only to RH or D antigen due to receiving maternal RH immunoglobulin during the pregnancy, they may be managed with usual care. However, in other cases where DAT is positive, uh, the infant has a risk factor for hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity, which will direct further evaluation and management. These new guidelines emphasize the importance of clinicians promoting early breast milk feeding and subsequent frequent on-demand feeding with breastfeeding support to all mothers. Inadequate milk intake can lead to what's referred to as suboptimal intake hyperbilirubinemia. This condition is contrasted to breast milk jaundice, where an infant has adequate milk intake and growth yet persists with a typically non-pathologic but prolonged unconjugated hyperbilirubinemia. So all newborns should be assessed for risk factors for developing significant hyperbilirubinemia by examining the infant, assessing laboratory data, and obtaining a family history of 
blood disorders, or neonatal jaundice. Risk factors for developing significant hyperbilirubinemia are specified in the guidelines and include the following. Lower gestational age, jaundice uh, visually noted in the first 24 hours after birth, scalp hematoma or other significant bruising, a pre-discharged bilirubin level close to the phototherapy threshold, hemolysis from any cause, known or suspected based on rapid rate of increase in bilirubin levels, the need for phototherapy before discharge, a parent or sibling requiring phototherapy or exchange transfusion, a family history or genetic ancestry suggestive of, of uh, inherited red blood cell disorders, including G6PD deficiency, exclusive breastfeeding with suboptimal intake, a macrosomic infant of a diabetic mother or Down syndrome. The guidelines continue to recommend total serum bilirubin as the definitive test to guide phototherapy and escalation of care decisions. These treatment decisions are guided by the infant's gestational age, the hour-specific total serum bilirubin, and by the presence of risk factors for hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity. Presence of such risk factors lowers the threshold for initiating phototherapy and for escalation of care. Risk factors for hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity are gestational age less than 38 weeks, isoimmune hemolytic disease, DAT positivity, G6PD deficiency or other hemolytic condition, sepsis or other significant clinical instability, and hypoalbuminemia with serum albumin level less than three grams per deciliter. Total serum bilirubin levels may be estimated based on measurements using devices to measure the transcutaneous bilirubin or TCB. The guidelines recommend all infants be visually assessed for jaundice every 12 hours following delivery and a TCB or total serum bilirubin should be measured immediately in any infant noted to be visually jaundiced before 24 hours of age. In addition to visual assessment, the guidelines recommend that all newborns <clears throat> should have a TCB or total serum bilirubin measured between 24 and 48 hours after birth or sooner in cases of early discharge. Some hospitals may consider aligning a total serum bilirubin assessment with the heel stick sampling for state newborn screening tests, which occur at a similar time interval. Infants with risk factors for hyperbilirubinemia likely require closer monitoring. If screened with a TCB, a total serum bilirubin should be measured if the TCB level is within three milligrams per deciliter of the phototherapy threshold or if the TCB level is measured greater than 15. If serial TCB or total serum bilirubin measurements are available, a rapid rate of increase that's greater than or equal to 0.3 milligrams per deciliter per hour in the first 24 hours or greater than or equal to 0.2 per hour thereafter. That suggests hemolysis and places the infant at higher risk. In such cases, the clinician should perform a DAT test on the infant if it's not already been done. Importantly, the new guidelines recommend that if appropriate outpatient follow-up for bilirubin testing cannot be arranged, hospital discharge may be delayed. 
The 2022 guidelines have also updated and clarified recommendations regarding the treatment of hyperbilirubinemia, including use of phototherapy, exchange transfusion, and guidance around escalation of care to prevent need for exchange transfusion and to prevent cronicterus. An accompanying technical report from the AAP describes the extensive literature review on which the 2022 guidelines are based. New evidence reviews were performed examining previously unaddressed topics of phototherapy-associated adverse events and effectiveness of IVIG to prevent exchange transfusion. Results of these reviews led to and justified narrowly raising phototherapy thresholds in the 2022 guidelines. Intensive phototherapy is provided via narrow-spectrum LED blue lights at a wavelength of around 475 nanometers at an irradiance of at least 30 microwatts per centimeter squared per nanometer, avoiding the unnecessary heat and harmful wavelength, which may occur outside of the 460 to 490 uh, nanometers. Intensive phototherapy can quickly lower the total serum bilirubin to reduce need for escalation of care and shortens the duration of treatment. As detailed in the AAP's 2022 technical report, new evidence indicates that neurotoxicity does not occur until bilirubin concentrations are well above the 2004 exchange transfusion thresholds. Also, system, systematic review of phototherapy associated adverse effects found limited uh, or inconsistent evidence of late adverse effects, including cancer and epilepsy. The AAP determined that these findings justified raising the phototherapy treatment thresholds by a narrow range. With these increased phototherapy thresholds, appropriately following the current guidelines, including bilirubin screening during the birth hospitalization and timely post-discharge follow-up is very important. The updated 2022 th phototherapy thresholds are provided by the AAP guidelines within multiple graphic displays, which incorporate the infant's gestational age, chronologic age and hour, and presence or absence of hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity risk factors. And importantly, some hospital electronic health records and uh, even medical reference apps uh, are beginning to incorporate these new threshold graphs um, and calculators to provide clinicians with better decision support. The guidelines clarify that some clinicians may opt to treat at lower levels based on certain circumstances, as in cases where the slope of serum bilirubin measures during the birth hospitalization suggests there's a high likelihood of exceeding the phototherapy threshold after discharge. It's also recommended that whenever possible, phototherapy should be provided in the mother's room or in a room in which the mother can remain with the infant. Another notable key action statement in these new guidelines pertains to home-based phototherapy. It states the option, though without recommendation, that for newborn infants who have already been discharged and then develop a serum bilirubin above the phototherapy threshold, treatment with a home LED-based phototherapy device rather than readmission to the hospital may be an option for certain infants who meet very specific criteria, 
These criteria being gestational age greater than or equal to 38 weeks, at least 48 hours old, clinically well appearing with adequate feeding, uh, no known hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity risk factors, no previous phototherapy, uh, a, a total serum bilirubin concentration, no more than one milligram per deciliter above the phototherapy treatment threshold. Uh, an LED-based phototherapy device must be available in the home without delay uh, and uh, arrangements for uh, serum bilirubin measurement daily must be in place. For hospitalized infants receiving phototherapy, the guidelines recommend measuring total serum bilirubin level again within 12 hours after starting phototherapy. Though timing should be guided by other factors such as age, bilirubin level relative to treatment thresholds, and presence of bilirubin neurotoxicity risk factors. For such infants requiring phototherapy, the guidelines suggest providers should generally measure uh, hemoglobin, hematocrit, or complete blood count to assess for anemia or as a baseline in case anemia develops. Providers should evaluate the underlying cause of the hyperbilirubinemia by obtaining a direct antibody test in infants whose mother had a positive antibody screen or whose mother is blood group O. Also, G6PD activity should be measured in any infant with unclear cause of hyperbilirubinemia where the bilirubin level increases despite intensive phototherapy or who requires escalation of care. Decision to discontinue phototherapy after improvement requires balancing the desire to minimize time on phototherapy versus avoiding significant rebound hyperbilirubinemia, which may require going back on phototherapy treatment. The guidelines suggest an option to stop phototherapy when the total serum bilirubin level is decreased to at least two milligrams per deciliter below the current phototherapy threshold. A longer duration of phototherapy is an option if there are risk factors for significant rebound, such as gestational age less than 38 weeks, age less than 48 hours when starting phototherapy, or presence of hemolytic disease. After discontinuing phototherapy, in general, at least 12 hours and preferably 24 hours should elapse before a follow-up uh, rebound bilirubin test. Earlier measurements may be advisable in cases where the uh, there is a um, positive direct antibody test or where there's other hemolytic disease present. The guidelines recommend that it is an option to measure transcutaneous bilirubin instead of serum bilirubin if more than 24 hours have elapsed since stopping phototherapy. The 2022 AAP guidelines provide several recommendations regarding escalation of care for infants with a very high or rapidly rising bilirubin level to prevent the need for exchange transfusion and possibly prevent cornicterus. The escalation of care total serum bilirubin threshold is two milligrams per deciliter below the hour specific exchange transfusion threshold. Initiation of escalation of care is a medical emergency. Infants requiring escalation of care should receive IV hydration and emergency intensive phototherapy. A neonatologist should be consulted about urgent transfer to a NICU that can perform an exchange transfusion. Once the escalation of care threshold is reached, total serum bilirubin should be measured every two hours 
until the escalation of care threshold ends. Blood should also be sent stat for total and direct bilirubin, complete blood count, serum albumin, serum chemistries, and type and crossmatch. For instance, for infants with isoimmune hemolytic disease, those with a positive DAT test, whose total serum bilirubin level reaches or exceeds the escalation of care threshold, intravenous immune globulin or IVIG may be provided at a dose of 0.5 to one gram per kilogram given over two hours. The dose may be repeated in 12 hours if needed. The 2022 guidelines and technical report note that the effectiveness of IVIG to prevent need for exchange transfusion is unclear, and also note that some observational studies found an association between treatment with IVIG and necrotizing enterocolitis, although with some limitation to the quality of that evidence. An urgent exchange transfusion should be performed for infants with signs of intermediate or advanced stages of acute bilirubin encephalopathy, such as hypertonia, arching, retrocolis, epistotonus, a high-pitched cry, or recurrent apnea. Also, an urgent exchange transfusion should be performed for infants if the total serum bilirubin is at or above the exchange trans transfusion uh, threshold. However, if while preparing for the exchange transfusion, but before starting it, a total serum bilirubin concentration uh, moves below the exchange transfusion threshold and the infant does not show signs of acute bilirubin encephalopathy, then exchange transfusion may be deferred while continuing intensive phototherapy and following the serum bilirubin every two hours until it's below the escalation of care threshold. Additionally, the guidelines suggest that the bilirubin to albumin ratio can be used in conjunction with the total serum bilirubin level in determining the need for exchange transfusion. The new guidelines provide an algorithm for use of threshold bilirubin to albumin ratios combined with gestation age group and presence of hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity factors to suggest when exchange transfusion may be considered. The new guidelines also make new recommendations around post-discharge follow-up. In place of the prior 2004 guidelines risk zone nomogram, the 2022 guidelines recommend using the difference between the bilirubin concentration and the phototherapy threshold to determine timeframe for follow-up, as well as the need for additional total serum bilirubin or transcutaneous bilirubin measurements. The new approach thus incorporates gestational age and the presence of neurotoxicity risk factors into follow-up decisions. These ass assessments generally should begin at least 12 hours after birth. Hospitals and other types of birthing centers should have clear policies and procedures in place to help all infants receive the best care to prevent chronicterus. Nursing protocols with standing orders should be established for the physical assessment of neonatal jaundice and the circumstances in which the nursing staff can obtain a transcutaneous or total serum bilirubin measurement. Also, the new guidelines recommend that before discharge, all families should receive written and verbal education about neonatal jaundice. Parents should be provided written information to facilitate post-discharge care, including date, time, and place of the follow-up appointment, 
and when necessary, a prescription and appointment for a follow-up bilirubin assessment. Birth hospitalization information, including the last transcutaneous or total serum bilirubin measurement and the age at which it was measured and DAT results, if any, should be transmitted to the primary care provider who will see the infant at follow-up. If there's uncertainty about who will provide the follow-up care, this information should also be provided to families. In summary, the revised 2022 American Academy of Pediatrics hyperbilirubinemia guidelines stress that clinicians who provide care for newborns must understand the importance of these strategies to prevent kernicterus, and systems should be implemented to provide consistent application of these recommendations for all infants 35 or more weeks gestation within mother-baby units, hospitals, other birthing centers, and primary care clinics. The published 2022 guidelines and technical report may be found in the September 2022 issue of Pediatrics or on the aap.org website. Thanks so much for your attention to this important update to the standard of care for management of neonatal hyperbilirubinemia.